0: like you, maker of heaven, Lord of the land and Lord of the sea, holy and true. are yours Uh, we are yours purchased with the blood of our lord and savior jesus and we just want to ask that lord you will have your way in the midst of your people your name will be glorified and everything that you have ordained to do uh, please have free course Uh, be at complete liberty to walk in our lives to work in our families and to do what will honor you and uh, just to execute that which belongs to our peace in the name of jesus thank you gracious father in jesus name we have prayed amen and amen and amen praise the lord okay once again thank you for coming and uh, thank you for your participation excuse me I speak a lot, so I drink a lot. <laughs> water, tea, stuff like that. Somebody said, do you know why preachers drink water while speaking? He says, to keep the salmon from getting dry. <laughs> I said, no, it's to keep the truth and the voice from getting dry, not the salmon. <laughs> you need something more than, than your drink of water for that part. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Now, um, uh, at the vigil, for those of us who were uh, there, we began to look at what I called something the Lord gave me for you, I must tell you, because I was not going in that direction at all. And then the Lord said, wired differently. Wired differently. And uh, he was now talking about a generation Of warrior women uh, a generation of warrior women and uh, the fact that women are wired differently has been a source of confusion to a lot of people they don't understand you know and generally people despise what they don't understand uh, which to me actually is a massive error Um, you should respect what you don't understand almost as a rule if you don't understand it, you should approach it with caution, uh, because it, it could actually explode in your face, um, <laughs> and, uh, <coughs> and uh, you, you don't want that kind of thing to happen. So we have established from Scripture that women are wired differently, um, and it was done by the Lord on purpose. It was not accidental. It was a matter of strategy. It's not that God didn't have, you know, uh, all the male materials that he could have built into a woman, but God decided to make deposits that would make the ministry of the suitable helper um, uh, uh, accomplished. And uh, you remember I said to you that if your helper looks like you, you have a big problem. <laughs> you have a big problem because <laughs> then it means that all the deficiencies where you need help are replicated in your helper. And that, that's not good for you. That's not, that's not going to be of much help to you. And um, I also pointed out to you, if you recall, that the wiring is... Different, first of all, generically, so between um, you know a man and a woman, the wiring is different. But even among women, uh, within this species, uh, the wiring is also very different. Don't don't assume that every woman on the street is your nice little uh, girl and your nice cry baby. No, there are warriors. There are people that are, are wired. People like Deborah, that when other people are, are looking for where to hide, she's rising in the face of 900 chariots. Uh, you know, um, people like Jael, the wife of Heba the Kenite. People <laughs> that can take a hammer and put a nail on a man's temple and smash it into the ground. <laughs> what? Boy, you're dealing with a ton of courage here. Do you understand? what you're talking about? what if the guy wakes up <laughs> she said no you're not waking up you're you are you are going to eternity people like you don't belong here. you are an oppressor of the people of God you 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 have you've done enough damage to the kingdom. it's time for you to leave. So women are wired uh, uh, differently and among the species and my prayer is that, uh, you will be the type in the species that is wired for war, a woman that is wired for kingdom advancement. And remember that we saw several examples as we went through um, uh, the, the the you know a plethora, so to speak, of women all the way from uh, uh, from the Old Testament all across into the New Testament. Women that were... I mean, look at the woman with the issue of blood. She was wired differently. If you are bleeding, you're supposed to stay at home and be a good girl and lie down there and hope that you don't die. You are ceremonially unclean. You shouldn't come out. You shouldn't touch anybody. But she said, no, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I will be well. I will be well. I will be well. She kept on saying, I will be well. I will be well. I, she didn't care about society. She came out, was mixing in the crowd, pressing. Imagine people elbowing and pushing. And <laughs> she said, I didn't leave home to be stopped by people like you. That's not why I didn't leave home so I can come here and then you will keep me from getting to, getting to the source of life and liberty and deliverance. And Bible says she pressed in until she touched the hem of his garments. And when she did, virtue, a fountain of virtue came out of the master and dried up her fountain of blood. You see, there is another fountain. <laughs> Apart from your fountain of problems, there is a fountain of power. There is a fountain of grace. There is a fountain of, 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 of victory. But you need to be wired differently to press into where you are going to touch it. Otherwise, you will stay at home and cry, and and uh, and organize a pity party, which unfortunately Brother Ferdinand will not attend. <laughs> Brother Ferdinand, I am not cut out for pity parties. <laughs> I'm not cut out for pity parties. I'm looking for solutions. <laughs> I want an answer because there must be an answer in God. Don't tell me that there is no answer in God. Then there is no hope. Hallelujah! So all over scripture, you see those women that hey, they were just wired differently. Ha, I was talking about Jokaber, the mother of Moses. She, when they were, you know, uh, killing babies and throwing them into the Nile, she said, "Which baby are you going to throw into the Nile? Not my, not my boy. Not my boy. You are not doing that here." And <laughs> you know the rest of the story. The innovation, everything she needed to do to make sure that. Um, uh, that Moses was preserved. And look at the result. What if Jochebed agreed with the guy because he's king, because he's Pharaoh? No, you don't do that. There are women that are wired to resist oppression. What's the name of the black lady who was who was um, what's that her name? I watched her movie. Oh boy, I've forgotten, I've forgotten her name now that that was setting slaves free. Harriet Tubman, thank you very much. Oh, wow. She, she was wired differently. Other ladies are running to go and hide and she is getting into battle. You're, you're, you must let my people go. You understand? So, all over history and all over scripture, those daughters of Zelophehad, you remember them? Huh, this was thousand. imagine four 5,000 years ago, these five women, Mala, Hogla, Noah, Milka, Teza. I, I told you I memorized their names because I like them. <laughs> they came, you should too, because they are, your, they are your company. They came before Moses and they said, Excuse me, sir, um, uh, can we have our inheritance, please? And <laughs> you, it takes a lot of courage to come and stand before Moses. You know the man with the shining face? You remember his face was shining, the glory was everywhere. <laughs> and they said, thank, thank you, sir, for the glory, but we need to talk to you, sir. <laughs> we, our father didn't have a son, but we are Israelites. Can we have our inheritance? And God established it as a precedence. So all over Scripture, you are going to see women that we are wired differently. And what we want to do in this closing segment is we are still looking at wired. What I call wired differently, but now. We want to focus on the indwelling power of the weaker vessel, the indwelling power of the weaker vessel. And uh, I would like to invite you to come with me to First Peter, First Peter chapter three, and um, I'd like to read uh, a passage for you, First Peter chapter three, and I'm reading it from verse. One, Uh, it says, um, likewise, you wives, be submissive um, uh, to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, And then he says in verse 3, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. He said, rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Verse 5, For in this manner, um, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Whose daughters you are, if you do good, and are not afraid with any terror. And then in verse 7, it says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them uh, with understanding, or according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife, As to the weaker vessel, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. (laughs) Now, you see, like I said, my goal is not to teach marriage in in this series of teachings. But, you know, you can't talk about the woman without, you know, her marriage, her home, you know, and the other things that concern her. And uh, this passage of scripture by the Apostle Peter established part of what theologians have called the haustafeln, haustafeln, H-A-U-S-T-A-F-E-L-N, Tafeln is actually a German word which refers to the house tables, the house tables. It simply means the divine protocols um, outlining specific responsibilities to specific members of the Christian household. Um, and so, you, you, that's why, if you notice those house tafel, you are going to read them in the book of Ephesians, uh, you know, chapter five into chapter six. You're going to read them in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, into chapter 4. And then now you have them here also in 1 Peter, uh, chapter 3. Um, In fact, it even runs into 1 Peter, chapter 4. And you will notice that those passages begin with specific names called. He said, wives. And then he begins to talk to wives. This is what you're supposed to do. And then he said, husbands. And then he begins to address husbands. Then the next thing he says, children. He starts addressing children. And then the next thing he says, fathers. Then he starts addressing fathers. And then he says, servants. He starts addressing servants. And then the last thing you have is masters. You masters, um, uh, you masters, treat your own servants properly. Uh, so, this evening we are looking at what I call, wired differently, the indwelling power of the weaker vessel. That's, that's our focus. Now, but having said that, this house established specific responsibilities to specific members of the household. And this is not my subject, but I want you to listen very closely. One of the realities that was done on the church is that when you come to Christ, you have transited kingdoms. There is a change of kingdoms when you come to faith in Christ. When you, actually the Bible says, giving thanks unto the Father who has Delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption uh, through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, of our sins. So there's a change of kingdoms, there's a relocation that takes place, there's a translation. So you see, the first thing that God does for us is to make us new creations. But he does not make us new creations and leave us in old locations. So there is a relocation. We are new creations in a new location. Now that new location is actually a new kingdom. And when kingdoms change, Protocols change. I'm going to say that one more time. When kingdoms change, protocols change. Now, many of us um, in the U.S. Uh, I am here in Abuja in Nigeria, but many um, uh, Africans in the U.S. are not originally from the U.S. Apart, of course, uh, uh, from the um, the African Americans who are, uh, you know, U.S. citizens. Many of us immigrants. Arrive from elsewhere. So the point is it's a different kingdom um, A Cameroonian or a Kenyan in the United States is not You are no longer in Cameroon. You are no longer in Kenya. You are no longer in Nigeria or somewhere else You are in a different place. The kingdom has changed Actually, not a kingdom a democracy, but the fact is there's a new reality There's a new reality now you can't insist on driving in the US the way you drive in Kenya because in Kenya you drive on the left side of the road it's very confusing every time I'm in Nairobi you know and uh, and uh, people are driving on this other side of the road it's confusing if you are trying to cross the road now if you drive like that in the US you are going to end up with a head-on collision you could get killed So what must you do? You don't get America to change. You change to adapt to the new reality of where you have arrived. So what you now want to find out is, what are the protocols that govern driving in the United States? That's what you want to find out and apply. Similarly, once there has been a relocation into the kingdom of God, When it comes to family life, what you want to find out is what are the protocols that govern family life in the kingdom? Because you see, a kingdom does not run on how you feel. A kingdom runs on protocols established by the king. I said a kingdom does not run on... I mean, even a democracy does not run on how you feel. It runs on laws. You you can't just do whatever you like. Your liberty is limited by laws so that the liberty of other people are protected. The liberties of others are protected as well. So, likewise, when you come into the kingdom, the king has established protocols for kingdom family life. And now listen, listen very closely. This is not my subject, but I feel in my spirit to bring this up to you, even as we make some progress. Every time there is trouble in the family, it is a consequence of broken protocols. Every time, every case. Somebody is not doing what the king said somebody is not following the house tables you see you see you see the connection you see we remember we read Peter and I said to you that this is one of those house tables house the found that assigns specific responsibilities to specific individuals within the household within and it runs from and I, I found I and you can cross check this women of God I found interestingly that every one of these house tables begins with wives. The one, the, this one now here in Peter begins with wives. The one in the book of Ephesians 5, 21, 22, 23, wives. And it was when they finished addressing wives that they now said husbands. If you go to the one in Colossians, it begins with Wives. And I'm wondering, why are they always starting with wives? Are they trying to pick on women or something? And I realized that no, 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 no. They are not picking on women. They are beginning with them because they are the cornerstone of that home. That's why you don't hear the Bible said, every wise man builds his house. You, you don't read that. What, what the book says is, every wise woman... Why is that so? Because you see, a house is built. And while the man has his role in the building of a house, of a home, it is the wife that builds the house. You remember when, um, uh, what's his name, when uh, Ruth gave birth to Obed. And they came to bless Obed and Naomi. They said to Naomi, he say, may this woman be like. Tamar who built up the house of Judah. May she build up your house. May she be a comforter to you in your old age. So all the house Tafel begin with wives because of the crucial, 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 crucial roles that wives and women have to play in building this important component of kingdom life and what i'm now saying to you is that the wives that are going to succeed in this enterprise they are wired differently they are wired differently you can now see the connection you you can see the link from what i'm you know i'm sharing they are wired differently they are wired with kingdom agenda they are not here to claim rights they are here to accomplish a mission, and if you look carefully in the passage that we have read, he begins to talk to those wives. He says, "Look, don't dress like this. Don't put your emphasis on clothes and and the rest of the things. You know, have a humble disposition. Submit yourself to your own husbands." The Greek word is hypotasso. Hypotasso. It means it means to subordinate. It's not a function of inferiority. It's it's a function of an assignment. It's, It's actually talking about... Just picture like you have a ship that has a captain. If there is mutiny and nobody is going to submit to the leadership of the captain of the ship, then everybody is going to sink. So what do you do? He said... Submit yourself to your own husbands as unto the Lord. So, for these women that are wired differently, they are not thinking about the man when they are submitting. That's the big mistake that most women make. Their eyes are on the man. They are not thinking, the people I'm talking about are not thinking of the man. They are thinking of the Lord. They are thinking of the kingdom. They are thinking of the one that posted them on assignment. Remember, I said to you, You remember I said to you, there are no male and female spirits. Don't forget that statement. Don't ever forget it. (laughs) There are no male and female spirits. You only have male and female bodies. There are no male and female spirits. And you are going to see from this passage here in Peter, you are even going to see that reflected when he says that husbands and wives are heirs together of the grace of life. They are heirs together of the grace of life. And that's where I'm going. So, down the instruction continues using Sarah as an example, as a godly woman who honored her husband, obeyed her husband and even called him Lord. Lord, you will be shocked. The Greek word there is curious. <clears throat> and it's the same word, curious, that ap- appears more than six hundred times in the New Testament, that is also used to refer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Curious, Lord. Now I know a lot of women are terrified by. but now what are you teaching? What are you preaching here? That another human being is, is will be lord over my life? No, 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 no. You are making a big mistake. there's only one person who purchased you on the cross of Calvary Eh? there's only one person that is worthy of your heart and his name is Jesus Christ and if there is a secondary lordship it's only because there is a primary lordship (laughs) I'm, I'm talking to some women that are wired differently let me tell you a story I Uh, one day the Lord said to me concerning my wife he said this woman you are married to is married already I was alarmed because now you know I know that she never married before we got married so what is this but the Lord said she is married and then he began to explain he said she was my wife before she became your wife. She was my bride. I'm the one that gave her to you. Alone. Then the Lord said something to me that I will never forget for the rest of my life. He said, live with her knowing that you are going to give account to her senior husband. Ha-ha! So imagine living with your wife knowing that her senior husband is watching you. And that he can break your head. Get <laughs> he you know imagine that the senior husband is present and you are doing certain things. I can imagine him. He raises hand boil your head. So what did you do? What did you do to my wife? Stop. Stop. That's what God told them in the book of Malachi. He said, I've been a witness. I'm a witness between you and, and your wife. I know what is going on between the two of you. I'm a witness as you are cheating on her, and you know you are hiding and doing all kinds, all kinds of terrible things with strange women. God says I'm watching you. That's how you are treating my daughter. I will bring up your case file to address shortly, except you repent. He say, I'm watching you. You see, once a wife understands this, <laughs> submission is easy. <laughs> submission is very easy. You just go down, you know, and if there is a matter, you go to your senior husband and say, uh, husband number one, I want to report husband number two to you. <laughs> Do you know he will tell your husband things that you cannot tell him? <laughs> he he will, he will do to him things that you cannot do. Since you've been trying to solve the problem by yourself, how far did you go? <laughs> did you succeed? <laughs> Leave him alone and, and go, to, go to headquarters. And when you come, I say, sir, sir what will you have for breakfast? <laughs> After reporting him to husband number one. <laughs> you get the point now. So, <clears throat> some people think that submission here is a disadvantage but i tell you <coughs> excuse me i believe that the assignment to the man to love his wife as Christ loved the church i think that that is a bigger a, a bigger order a taller order than submission because one of them excuse me it's easier to submit than to be crucified don't you think Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Now, come with me to the principal matter that I want to draw your attention to here. And that is in verse 7. Excuse me. Just uh, let me get some water here. That's in verse 7. Husbands, dwell with them with understanding. That is dwell with your wife with understanding. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. The weaker vessel. And what I'm saying to you is that, you see, this matter of the weaker vessel, oh, it has been so much misunderstood by the church, by women themselves, and by husbands, by men. And the first thing that, (coughs) excuse me, The first thing that I notice is that people make the assumption that this scripture is talking about strength. But if you follow closely, notice it says giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker weaker vessel. Now question the word weaker what is it? You see the word weaker Is not a comparative term of strength. It's a comparative term of weakness. So you have weak, weaker, weakest. It's not strong, weaker, weakest. Does that make sense? Now here is the point. When you say the word weaker, it means that all the vessels are weak. Do you get do you get the matter now? It's just that one vessel is weaker. So if the vessel that is weak wants to organize a party against the vessel that is weaker, the two vessels need to keep in mind that all of them are what they are weak. So, what this scripture is automatically saying here is that no vessel is sufficient by itself. None of these vessels has any business, are you following the matter now, to glory over another. Imagine a kettle calling pot black when both of them have soot all over them. And they are in need of some cleaning. Now, listen to the next point. The next thing is that the degree of weakness is not not stated. So for you to understand, let me give you another example. If you have two students that are weak in mathematics, you have two students who are weak in mathematics, and one of them scored 28%, and then the other one scored 26%. Point nine percent. Now, you see, both of them are weak in mathematics, right? But you see, the degree of the the difference in this weakness is not is is not what you think. It's not that oh, you know, this this student had ten percent in mathematics and the other one had forty. No, 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 no. It's that this one is twenty six point nine or twenty seven, and then the other one is twenty seven point two. So notice the degree of weakness or the degree, the differential, that's a, that's a word, the differential between the two weak entities is not stipulated, is, is not stated. So now, should a student that scored 27% in mathematics be glorying over the one that scored uh, 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 26.8 or 26.9? No, both of them need lesson teachers. I said the two of them, they need lesson teachers. The two of them are going to repeat the semester. The two of them need some, they need help. Both of them need help. So what this scripture is actually saying is, husband, treat your wife knowing that you are as much in need of help as your wife is in need of help. Because both of you are weak vessels. It's just that she's weaker Than you, and by the way, weaker in what respect? You see, when you say weaker, the fact that somebody is weaker in one aspect, and the truth actually is that that term there is talking about physical constitution. (laughs) And by the way, some women are wired differently, even physically, (laughs) they can beat up their husbands oh yeah 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 <laughs> oh boy <laughs> when a pastor has to counsel a <laughs> husband and wife where the where the wife is beating up the husband it's a it's a very uh, it's a different situation but I, I tell you wired very differently here yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but generally speaking you know the the male physical constitution is um physically stronger than, than the woman, but that is even in some respects, because I can tell you, and even women will tell you, when you come to ability to bear pain, a woman is stronger, stronger by far than the man. There is there is a preacher, there is a preacher that I you know real servant of God in our country, and he says. If it's the men that, are to, that have the children. No family will have more than one. <laughs> because because that man is not going back to that labor world twice. He, I promise you, he's not going back there a second time. <laughs> because he says, no, 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 I'm done, I'm done. Labor pains, some men are going to scream and jump out of their skins. He, the guy can't do that. Are you following? So, when the Bible says weaker, and I'm saying this to you, not to teach rebellion, God forbid that, but to set you yourself free because you are viewing yourself... You see, that weaker has imposed a mentality on women that the Bible does not teach at all. Now, the assumption too is that stronger vessel equals to stronger spiritual authority. I gave you the example of Jezebel earlier in the day. Or yesterday, the previous day. Uh, (coughs) Jezebel and Ahab, (coughs) they were not classmates in the realm of the spirit. And I have long found that, spiritually speaking, many men are nowhere near their wives. They are not classmates. The woman is deep in the things of... Let me tell you a story. Years ago, we went for a conference, and uh, you know there was deliverance taking place, and demon spirits were manifesting. And there was this band of brothers, actually a band, several brothers, they were around this demon-possessed person, and they were screaming, "Come out in the name of Jesus! Come out! Come out! Come out!" You know all, all the gymnastics that people do when they are casting out demons. Come out! Come out! Come! On. No. And the demon spirit said, no, I'm not coming out. They said, come out! And they screamed and shouted. The demon refused to come out. And there was this quiet, gentle sister who was passing by. And she saw what they were doing. And she just paused and looked and smiled. (laughs) And surveyed the situation. And then she drew near the place and, and very quietly, very quietly, she didn't raise her voice. And she said, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are coming out of that place now. The demon spirit screamed, and then she said, "Come out in the name of Jesus." That was the end of deliverance. Spiritual authority is not a macho matter. Spiritual authority does not flow from muscles, no, because you have, or, or, or because you have a deep voice, you know your baritone. And when you release your baritone, then there will be power. That's a joke. That's a joke. Jezebel was a principality in a, in, a, in a spiritual institution where Ahab was in kindergarten. And I find that that is the reality in many places in the church. The woman has a high level of working with God, sensitivity to the spirit. But the man is deaf. Sad to say, you know, he, he, for him, he doesn't hear from God or when he hears, is not accurate. And the wife will be talking to him. He says, you keep quiet. Which way did the spirit go from me to come and talk to you? Of course, there are, praise the Lord, there are families and situations where you have a godly man that loved, loves the Lord and is also leading his wife uh, biblically and appropriately. That is something to thank God for. So, the other mistake that people make is the assumption that stronger vessel is equal to greater content. You see, in in other words, if the vessel is stronger, then the content must be richer and greater. That is not true. That is not true. And then the assumption is that the bigger the vessel, the bigger the content. That is not true. You've heard the proverb, empty barrels make the, make the loudest noise. Are you following that? The idea that if the vessel is bigger, then it has a bigger content. is not taught in the Bible. And it's not even confirmed by uh, history. That you know, the louder the vessel, then the greater the influence. I have long come to understand that visibility is not the same as impact. Visibility and noise is not influence. It's not impact. Blessed be the name of Jesus. So this now brings me to what I call the true purpose of the vessel. And oh boy, the the indwelling power of the weaker vessel. What's the true purpose of the vessel? The true purpose of a vessel is the content Pay close attention because this is the thing. This is the the core of my message to you. The true purpose of the vessel is the content. And what a lot of people do is they focus on the vessel rather than on the content. Oh boy, what a big mistake. And what wrong conclusions. People are apt to draw when they do that. So come with me to another scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now this is the apostle Paul, verses 6 and 7. It says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness... has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness, has done what? Has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 7. It says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure where? In earthen vessels. What's the treasure? <clears throat> to understand the treasure, you need to look at verse 6. It says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now, listen to what he says. He says, that God has shined in our hearts. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to pay attention, women of God. Listen to me. You see, when you read the Bible, pay attention to the details of scripture. Don't assume that the Bible is saying what you think. Let it say what it is saying. Now, this scripture is telling you something, but Paul said, "Look, we are carrying treasure. We are carrying treasure, but inside an earthen vessel. We are carrying treasure, but in an earthen vessel, a clay pot, so to speak. And for you to understand the treasure, you need to go back to verse six. But Paul, what's the treasure?" He said, God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness. You see, in the first creation, listen, women of God, listen, listen, listen to what I'm saying now, listen. In the first creation, what God did was that God commanded light to shine out of darkness. So what did God do? Bible says, in the beginning, you're familiar with Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was moving, hovering over the face of the deep. And God said, let's be the light. And there was light. That's what Brother Paul is talking about. God, who commanded light, shine out of darkness. Now listen to what Paul says. So you can see the purpose of the vessel. The purpose of the vessel. That's why when people are concentrating on vessel. They are making a big mistake. And if you concentrate on vessel. Oh boy you, would, you are cheating yourself. You are cheating yourself from the life of glory and power. Where you are looking at vessel. And some people are so consumed with vessel. You don't know how many women are angry with themselves. You are angry with your height. You are angry with your stature. You are angry with your color. That's why you are rubbing all this stuff to try to change your color. Something tells you there is something wrong with your color. That's why women wear these stiletto shoes that have, you know, nine inches of heels. So they can be a bit taller. They are angry with their height. Something says, oh, I wish I was a bit taller. And then you wear the thing and you're walking like that. And I want to warn you, it's not good for your back. It's not good for your back. I'm a doctor. It can cause scoliosis. Your back will start bending, you know, because you don't have balance now. Where you are wearing something so that you can measure up to something. That's why many women are making up, makeup, makeup. make up. You know, they put the foundation, they put the mattifier, they put the concealer. And then before they put the powder, I ask, what are you making up? It's because you are thinking that there is something missing. Who told you that? You are focusing on the container rather than on the content. In the old creation, look, I'm, I'm provoking you. You are, you, are, you are wired differently. Pause. Sit there. You are wired differently. Something is happening inside your spirit. I'm not preaching to you so that when I finish, you will continue business as usual. God never called me to do that with the gospel. No. No. I didn't leave medical practice to preach to people so that they will remain the same. Something is happening to you. Life is entering into you. Fire is getting into your bones. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You see, in the old creation, God commanded light to shine out of darkness. Hallelujah to the Son of God. Glory, glory, glory. I found the secret of the Christian life. I want you to listen and I want to share it with you now. In the new creation, brother Paul says, that God that commanded light to shine out of darkness is not commanding light to shine in our hearts. No, 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 no. He has taken his place. He is now resident inside and is shining from inside. He said, for God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness is shining from our hearts. See, in the old, this is the classical difference between the old creation and the new creation. In the old creation, God was outside. He spoke words and there was light. In the old creation, God wrote on tablets of stone. But in the new creation, He said, I'm going to write in your heart. I'm going to sit inside. I will put my spirit inside you. I will write my word inside your heart. He you said, I will live in them. I will walk in them. I will talk in them. I will move with them. That's the new creation. That is the miracle of the new creation. But Paul said that God, that commanded light to shine out of darkness, ha <laughs> ha, is shining in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. We are in the face of Jesus Christ. So there is glory in the empty vessel. Poor I said there is glory inside. Why you are focusing on the on the vessel? Why you are you harassed by the vessel and you are distracted by the container? You are not paying attention to the glory that is resident inside. Ha <laughs> ha, God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, he has done what he has shined in our hearts. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now listen, he, he he said, but we have this treasure, which treasure? The treasure of the new creation is God himself resident inside the believer. He said, to whom God will make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you. Christ inside. In you. Inside. Excuse me. God knows prepositions. I said God knows prepositions. In and on and beside and behind and under are all different. They say Christ in you. Christ inside in you. Not Christ in heaven. You see, the Christ in heaven is glorious, but he does not become your hope of glory until he is Christ inside. That's why he said, I stand at the door and I knock. If anybody hears my voice and opens, I come inside. I know your question. You say, how can Christ, a person, live inside me, another person? I will answer the question shortly. Be patient. I'm coming. But God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness, he is now shining in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In the face of Jesus Christ. Now, so look at the consequence. <laughs> I, want, I want I want to show you something here. Follow 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 follow. Follow from verse Follow from verse 8. So there is treasure inside, that the excellency of the power, power inside, treasure inside, power inside, so that the excellency will be of God and not of us. So look at the result everybody, look at. Can you see the result in verse 8? We are troubled on every side, but we are not distressed. He said we are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we cannot be forsaken because he is resident inside. He said we are cast down, but we cannot be destroyed. Can you imagine somebody who is troubled on every side? <laughs> but he's not in distress. <laughs> it's because the rock of ages is resident inside. One Bible version said we are hard I like the way the King James put it. One, not the King James, another one. He said, we are hard pressed. Where is it? Yeah, it's the new King James. He said, we are hard pressed. Imagine pressure is coming from every side. But you, have, you live an uncrushable life because of the treasure inside the 18th vessel. The rock of ages is inside. You can't crush him. He said, we are perplexed. Things happen that we cannot explain. He said, but we are not in despair. (laughs) Because in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that had loved us. He said, we are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We cannot be forsaken because he is resident inside. We we carry him as as we face life. He said, we are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Oh boy, you know, there are people, There are some of you. If the devil could take you out, you will no longer be here now. But you see, you are wired differently. You are wired differently. <laughs> you are carrying somebody inside. When he thinks he has finished, look at Paul. Oh boy, Paul, 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 Paul. That man, that guy, I would like to see him in heaven. That man was something. Ah. You can't believe the quantity of things that Paul survived. He said, five times I received the 39 lashes from the Jews. He said, three times I was beaten with rods. He said, once I was stoned. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies, 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 ladies. You don't survive stoning by the Jews. When the Jews stoned you, you died. When they are talking about stoning, it's not pebbles. It's not tiny, tiny pebbles. You are dealing with rocks. Jagged, ragged rocks. And then when the person falls falls down, they raise boulders. Imagine a boulder. The goal is to crush the person. Now they finish stoning (laughs) brother There was treasure inside the earthen vessel. There was treasure inside. When they finished stoning him, the Bible said they left him for dead. The believers gathered around him. And brother Paul got up. He shook himself. He shook himself. Shook himself. No bone broken. No hospital. The following day he traveled. What kind of life is this? It's because of the content, the treasure that is resident inside. Hallelujah. You say we are struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body uh, the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ so that the glory of Christ, the life of Christ may be made manifest in our mortal body. The life of the indwelling Christ manifested in our mortal body. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So you see, a lot of people are confused by the vessel. They are not paying attention to the content. <laughs> now, here is a simple question for you. If you have a million dollars in a plastic bag and you have a million dollars in a clay pot, which one is more valuable? <laughs> you, you, a million dollars in a plastic, in a plastic, if, excuse me please, if, you know the clay pot is harder, Eh? Than the plastic bag. The plastic bag looks weaker. So if they gave somebody a million dollars in a clay pot and they gave you a million dollars in a plastic bag, will you complain? Should you complain? Why should you not be complaining? Because, for goodness sake, let him carry his clay pot. In fact, the clay pot is bigger weight, don't you think? And then you just have your million dollars in this political bank. (laughs) And you are smiling to the bank. Because you know that the content... Oh, who will tell the church that the divine content in the man and the woman are exactly the same in the New Testament? Who will tell the church that the woman does not have a deputy Holy Spirit? That you don't have Holy Spirit for ladies? You, you, we don't, I've never read in the Bible, you know, Holy Spirit for beginners. That's the one that women get. Wait, there were 120 of them in the upper room and Bible said, there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat on the head of every one of them. The women received the same cloven tongues of fire that the apostles received in the upper room. Why are you not paying attention to content? You are focusing on vessel. Do you know... Do you know one of the, one of the nightmare scenarios of Americans and, and many Westerners, actually? You know, when it comes to terrorism... One of their worst nightmare scenarios is a nuclear bomb in a briefcase. In fact, that's why, with all of this migration, you know, um, uh, people coming in from the southern part of the U.S. into the place, part of the fear of the security community uh, is the possibility of a terrorist slipping across the border carrying a briefcase that has a dirty nuclear bomb inside it now will that nuclear bomb do less damage because it is dirty and is inside a briefcase is is not on a warhead is it going to do less damage no you're dealing with content you're dealing with content, not, not, not vessel, not container. And I have news for you. Believers are carrying more than a nuclear bomb inside their hearts. We are talking about Christ in you. The hope of glory. Now, I, I have a few slides. I don't know how much time do I have, Carol? When must I stop? Sorry, I can't hear you. Advice me. I want to honor the time of everyone and I want to be under authority here. Okay. Okay, great. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I want to be sure that um, I'm not breaking protocols here. (laughs) Okay. Now, before we get into some slides that I want to share with you, I want you to note something here. Um, uh, Do you do you realize? Have you ever, has it crossed your mind, that a weaker vessel can actually be a strategy? It can be a strategy, uh, and I will give you several examples. Do you know that there are certain times you want something that is tender to touch? Tender to touch, so you make it softer on purpose. On purpose. It's not that you don't have material to make it hard like the other one. God, you see, God didn't run out of clay. The one he used to make the man, <laughs> and then he said, "Okay, let me let me take some flesh here." No, it was a, it was a strategy. You see. When you are dealing with with flexibility, do you know that for this for the for the purpose of flexibility, you can make something softer and weaker so that it can be more flexible, it can be more adaptable, it can fit into you know into several situations and and several nooks and crannies. It's not that you cannot make it hard and strong. Another point is that do you know that because of capacity you can sacrifice hardness for for softness when you want something to have a larger capacity you can deliberately make it make it thinner and softer it's not because you couldn't make it harder it's because you had capacity in view so now this one that has greater capacity may be softer than the one that has less capacity. But you you were were not thinking of strength per se, because you've already provided strength on the other side. What you needed on... Poi! Poi! Remember that this strong fellow needs strength. He already has strength, let us say, but he doesn't have capacity. So if you are going to make a suitable helper to help somebody who is strong but is lacking capacity. You don't make another vessel that is strong and is lacking capacity. You will rather have a vessel that feels a bit weaker, but it has a greater capacity. Do you know that when you are dealing with precision, when you are dealing with precision, in fact, everybody knows that high precision instruments are very weak high precision when you are dealing with instruments of high precision they are not hard and strong the reason is because if the thing is hard and strong it cannot it cannot you know um, accomplish the precision the precise measurements that that some of those equipment even air and dust can change your measurements because you are dealing with precision Point. Now, listen to another one that the Spirit of God put inside my heart. And I wish that women will hear God. When you want an easy release of content, you choose weakness for the container. You see, when you are planning an explosion, you don't want a hard case. When you want content to explode outward, what you want is something that the content can easily permeate and, 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 and operate through. And I want you to listen. I believe that in the history of the church, listen closely to me, women have a higher sensitivity to many things than, than, than the men. Of course, there are men of God who walk closely with God, praise God for them. But many times when you are in congregations, who are those that are quick to prophesy? Is the women. Who are those that are quick to manifest demon spirits? Is the women. Have you noticed that in many of those deliverance services, is the women that the reason is because the weakness of the container makes content easier to manifest. Who are those that start weeping so quickly and so profusely? Is the women. Why is that so? Because what is inside the container, the weaker vessel makes what is inside easier for it to come out. But who are the people that are hardened and tough? Is the men. Why is that so? Because the hardness of the container makes it more difficult for the content to come out. That's why, except a man is deliberately broken, Deliberately broken. You, you come to a point of genuine brokenness. Where Jesus Christ, bre- you, you, you hit the rock of ages, you are broken. And that old life dies. It must also happen to the woman, of course. But I'm saying to you that it is easier. We- Excuse me, please. If two vessels are going to break, which one is going to break more easily? It's easier one. Is, is is the weaker one that will break more easily. So you can see that weaker vessel is a strategy, it's not weakness. And once you understand that the emphasis is on the content, so you hear Peter. You know what Peter said? He says the husband must give honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel, knowing that both husband and wife they are. Heirs together, heirs together, hallelujah, heirs together, heirs together of the grace of life. That's the content. The content is the grace of life. Husband and wife, you are equal heirs of the grace of eternal life. What's the what's eternal life? pie Listen, eternal life is not a prayer you pray, it's a blessing you receive. Eternal life is not a prayer you pray. It's a person that you receive. This is a testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He that has the son has life. And he that does not have the son does not have life. So when the book says that you are heirs together of the grace of life. It means that the same person lives in both of you. The same savior lives inside both of you. Two of you are carrying the same king inside. Two of you are members of the same kingdom. Two of you have equal access to the throne of grace. Two of you have equal access to the inheritance purchased by Jesus Christ on the cross. Two of you receive the full benefits of Calvary. And now they are warning the man. They say, If you don't listen to what we are saying, your prayers will be hindered. Oh boy. Oh, Bobo, I, I, I pity a lot of men. They don't understand why many of their prayers are not getting answered. They don't understand. A lot of men don't understand why they are praying, they are fasting. They don't understand that what you need here is not fasting. All you need to do is pay attention to that weaker vessel that is beside you there. Just listen to that weaker vessel. And, and begin to honor the weaker vessel. Suddenly something will be released on your behalf. The favor of the almighty God. The hand of God. Imagine that <laughs> Imagine that you have an account where two people are joint signatories. And then one person, because his signature is very big, so he signs his big signature on the check and then he brings it to the bank. So the bank says, um, uh, what's the mandate on this account? They say it's true to sign. So they ask him, they say, where is the signature of the second uh, signatory on this account? He says, oh, no, no, no it's not necessary. Just pay me. <laughs> then they will smile and they say, oh, we are so sorry, please. Can we have the second signatory signed before we release the funds? That's what happens to a lot of men when they bring their checks signed by only one signature, signatory. To the, to the, what is it called? To the throne of grace. And you are praying your fiery prayers. And they are saying, please, can we have the second signatory here? Two of you are heirs together of the grace of life. And then the guy starts stammering. He says, no, just answer me in the name of Jesus, by fire, by force. They say, no, we don't do fire by force here. We do protocols. We cannot break the protocol. Take the check back. And get the other person to sign it. Meanwhile, that's the wife you are not talking to. That that is going to sign the check. (laughs) That's the wife the guy is cheating on. That is going to sign the check. Now you have a big problem. And this promotion is really very important to you. It's very, very important. And you are praying. They said, sorry. Your prayer is being hindered because of how you are treating the co-heir with you in the grace of life. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Now, let me show you a bit of the content and then I am done. I, I find that I can not preach everything. So, <laughs> I'll, i have to stop. I have to stop. Now, um, please authorize me to share. I'm joining on my, on my second device, on my laptop. Alright? Um, so, I have... Uh, five four zero zero one two six nine six three here. That's meeting ID, and then I join. Okay, all right. I think I'm. I think I'm in here now. Uh, yes. So please authorize me to share my screen. There are some slides I'd like you to see. Yes, there. Okay. Thank you. Uh, can I share now? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Um, can you s- Yes, you can see my screen now. There, there it is. Okay. Now, um, Deborah Gathering. I want to recommend this book to you because it focuses on what I'm talking about. And uh, what I will do is I'm going to um uh, I'm going to post um a link on the um on the chat area that you can use um to you know to get a copy of this book. And I want to I want to say something to you. I I didn't come here to sell a book but I um, I feel that this resource is going to help you because like I said we can study this. It talks about the indwelling, the exceeding greatness of God's power that is at work in you. The content, what is in the vessel? What is what what you are carrying inside that you are not paying attention to why you are worried about, you know, the, the vessel that is outside. So You you will find the link on the chat, and I'm sure that um, uh, Sister Carol, uh, Pastor Carol, will be able to share that uh, even after now. But now, I want you to look at some of these scriptures. I want you to consider some scriptures. I just want to read these scriptures to you. Uh, We will not study them in detail, and I'm mindful of the time so that we can find a place to wrap up. Now, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, look what it says. He says, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Notice he doesn't say, you will overcome them. Notice he does not say, try and overcome them. Notice he doesn't say, you can overcome them. What does he say? You have, you have overcome them. Why? Why is that so? He said, because he who is where in you is greater than he who is in the world. This is the content, the indwelling power of the weaker vessel. This is the one that there's somebody living inside you. Now watch this. Look at this scripture. Colossians 1 27. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is... Christ, we are in you. Christ, in, in you, inside you. The hope of glory. Now, watch this. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 9. It says, but you are not living the life of the Spirit. You are living the life of, or rather, you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells, we are within you directs and controls you. And then he says, but if anyone does not possess the spirit of Christ, if anybody does not have the spirit of Christ living inside, he does not belong to Christ, he is not truly a child of God. So listen, this scripture is saying that the proof that you belong to Christ is that there is a spirit living inside you. I'm talking to you about the content, the indwelling power, of the weaker vessel. You are wired differently. You are wired differently. <laughs> there is something inside. That makes the vessel secondary. Watch how Kenneth West puts this scripture. He said, but as for you. You are not in the sphere of the sinful nature. But in the sphere of the spirit. Provided that the spirit of God is in residence. Come on Deborah Gadrin. The spirit of God is where? In residence in you. But assuming that a person does not have Christ's spirit, this one does not belong to him at all. So there is a spirit that is in residence inside you. Watch this. Boy, Romans 11, He 11. said, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells where? Dwells where? In you. Then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells where? In you. In you. Inside. Now, watch John chapter 14 verse 20. This is Jesus speaking. He said, On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in In you. I am in my father. You are in me. And I am in you. Hallelujah. So these scriptures are saying that there is somebody living inside you. That Jesus Christ is in you. The father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The the same spirit of the father that raised up Christ from the dead lives in you. Now I want you to look at this picture. Debbie, Deborah Gathering, I need you to look at this picture here. Look at this picture and many of you as mothers, you will immediately recognize this. This is a pregnant woman and immediately you can see that She's carrying an indwelling. Do do you notice that (laughs) there is an indwelling? Incidentally, incidentally, every one of us, we enter into life by the indwelling. Do you know that all of us, this is how you come into the world. You must stay inside your mother before you come out here. Now, If you saw this lady walking down the road when she is two months pregnant, you will not notice anything. But there is another life inside. And now, I want you now to think about Elizabeth for a moment. You know Elizabeth of scripture. Think about Elizabeth for a moment. when john the baptist uh okay great i wanted you to see this photograph and now that you have seen it keep it in mind because i'm going to stop the share so that we can wrap up together here okay now when um uh, when elizabeth was carrying John the Baptist inside her womb. Remember the Bible said John the Baptist will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. You remember that? So picture Elizabeth with John inside Elizabeth. Or rather, yes, with John. Baby John inside Elizabeth. And baby John has Holy Spirit inside baby John. So Eliza—that's <laughs> in my culture. Oftentimes, that's how we call Elizabeth. We say Eliza, you know, Eliza, and uh, Eliza is carrying a double indwelling. There are two people living inside Elizabeth's womb. First of all, you have Baby John, and then you have Holy Spirit inside Baby John, and all of this is taking place inside Elizabeth. So Elizabeth is walking down the road, quiet and nice. If you look at the vessel, will you have an idea of what is inside? Would you imagine that she is carrying the greatest prophet born of a woman inside that that vessel? Now watch this. So one day Mary comes visiting. And Mary herself, don't forget, is also carrying an indwelling. I'm sure you remember now. So, who is inside Mary's womb? Everybody. His name is Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. Is inside Mary. So, in Mary's womb, and don't forget the pregnancy is not big yet. So, Mary is still walking down, walking down. In fact, she went to the hill country. That's what the Bible says, showing you that she was not heavily pregnant herself. So you have Eliza with John, John, and the indwelling that there is, she's carrying, and then you now have Mary with content. Mary is carrying Emmanuel inside. And then Mary arrives at Elizabeth's home. And Mary says, And when Mary says, hi, there was an explosion. There was a catalytic reaction of content from content. Content began to connect with content across containers. Boy, I said content began to catalyze content across containers. And because the vessels were weaker vessels, Oy, oy, hallelujah. Because the vessels were weaker vessels. The flow was easy. The Bible says, Elizabeth, herself, when the baby in, in Elizabeth's womb heard the greeting from Mary, the Bible said there was a connection, and suddenly Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit in John the Baptist began to fellowship with the Spirit now inside the mother. So Elizabeth now has a triple indwelling. She's carrying John, who is carrying the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth herself is now filled with the Holy Spirit. And Mary is carrying Messiah. Emmanuel, God Almighty, is resident inside this woman. Content. Take away your eyes from the vessel and look at the content. And Elizabeth began to prophesy. Blessed is she that has believed, for there shall be a performance of that which was spoken to her by the Lord. And I'm speaking to somebody in this place, you have believed the promise of God for your life, there shall be a performance. There will be manifestations of the promise and the power of God in and through your life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, glory, 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 glory to Almighty God. Now I can go on and on, but I am not going to go on and on. I just want to tell you one or two stories and I'm done. Because as I'm teaching these things, somebody will say, man, but I look very ordinary. Well, where is this thing you are saying? I want you to listen. Do you remember the man that was possessed with a legion of demons? Do, do you remember that guy? The Bible says the Lord Jesus Christ ask him you can read the story later jesus asked him he said what is your name and he said my name is legion because according to scripture he said you know many demon spirits we are living inside the man then the demon spirits began to beg jesus by the way in the roman army a legion was made up of six thousand soldiers So when the demon spirit said my name is Legion, what the demon was saying is, I am a commander spirit of thousands of other spirits. And all of us are living inside this man. The Bible says the demon spirit began to beg Jesus. You say, please don't send us into the abyss. Send us into the pigs. The Bible says there were like 2,000 pigs That we are feeding outside. 2,000 pigs. Normal, regular pigs. Minding their business. And the demon spirit says send us into the pigs. My precious sisters. Jesus said go. All the demon spirits. That we are inside one man. Came out of this one man. And entered into 2,000 pigs. Content. And 2,000 pigs could not contain for one second what one man had carried for many years. All the pigs ran over the precipice and they drowned in the water. Where we are all of these thousands of demon spirits, everybody, where we are there, They, they were in one man, one man. You are deeper than you think. You are deeper than you imagine. You don't realize your capacity, woman of God. You don't realize the size of your inside. You mean a human being is so deep that thousands of beings could live inside one human being. And that one man contained all of them. Remember what happened with Judas? The Bible said when Jesus gave Judas the piece of bread, the soap when Judas received that piece of bread, the Bible says, Satan entered into Judas. Satan entered into Judas. Satan is a person. Judas is a person. Satan entered into Judas. If Satan could enter into Judas, Jesus Christ can enter inside you. I am saying to you that Jesus Christ is inside you. That's what I'm teaching. And that the content is more important than this container that you are focusing upon. And I'm saying to you that as a woman, there is an edge that you have. Because the vessel is weaker, the content can explode through the vessel. The power can manifest through the vessel. The power can ooze, can permeate, can flow. There is a flow taking place from within the vessel outward, impacting your family, impacting your finances, impacting your environment. It's a strategy. God is raising you as a weaker vessel through whom the divine content can flow. And I'm saying to you, there is a release of power. There is an anointing coming on you where you are right now. Instead of complaining about the vessel, focus on the content and the release of the content. Come on, begin to pray where you are. Begin to pray, Deborah, Deborahs, daughters of almighty God, lift up your voice and receive this word. You are wired differently. You are wired differently with an agenda. Clanata totse patariba, branteke kunimuto roads ite balatailats. Pratsi, pratsi. You are wired differently with an agenda. The indwelling power, wow, of the weaker vessel. Sante nentile kumberezo par. Kai, Kai, Kai! no There is an explosion taking place in your spirit. These are not ordinary words. The spirit of the one that raised up Jesus from the dead is resident inside you. Dronotokuba, o tokuba, tranatakin rates at lishi toa rapotats itai po pote minin titi kimbo rakutsa. Mindini titsi praticuste cumberezu prata madae Kon potamela branteningo osi pari andamande oh tanemoneni tots i parlamino ni prandeneté prandeneté cotso poria praticuste cupara pro si come on pray somebody pray Stir up the spirit. The spirit of the one that raised up Christ from the dead is resident in you. There is treasure in the 18th vessel. There is treasure in this weaker vessel. And that treasure is coming out. That treasure is flowing out. That treasure is manifesting. That treasure is impacting many. That treasure is, there is a river flowing. Hallelujah. The weaker vessel is a divine strategy for capacity, for flexibility, for expression, for the flow. blessed be god forevermore until kata katarika o paria oh father we thank you father we thank you father we thank you oh thank him thank him come on confess him christ in me the hope of glory the same spirit of the one that raised up Jesus from the dead lives inside me. Oh, glory to God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just put up your hands. I like to pray a blessing on you. As as I as I leave and as I conclude. Shotson denete kaikotsiba lokotse Yetante Lekushhte Popriendin Gadse Paranane Kete kete paranane kumba sitliso tariato kuba aikotsar natela taba. Father in the name of Jesus, you sent your word and you healed them and you delivered them from their destructions. This word is sent, it is healing now, is healing hearts. Is healing lives, is healing homes, is healing relationships, is healing minds, is healing bodies, is setting captives free in the name of Jesus. It's breaking chains, yokes are broken. Every limitation, every satanic oppression, by the power of the treasure that is inside. By the power of the spirit that is resident inside, the chains are broken. Satan, I rebuke you over these precious daughters. All of your yokes, all of your oppression, all of your depression, I break them in the name of Jesus. Sitless satire, you unclean spirits of suicide and discouragement and depression, I bind you, I cast you out. Lose your grip in the name of Jesus. I speak healing to families, I speak healing to relationships. I speak revival to churches in the name of Jesus. I speak life to congregations in the name of Jesus. And from today, there is a flow taking place. There is a release of content. The release of the river flowing from from the depths of your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Now, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Gracious Holy Spirit, take over, take over, and do that that will honor the Son of God. Thank you that these words cannot return to you void. Blessed be God forevermore. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, gracious Father. Thank you for revival. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for your quickening. Thank you for new life. Thank you for increase. Thank you for the release of content. Thank you for fire. Thank you for power. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, thank you, blessed Savior. Now, come on, come on, let's worship him. Let's thank him. Let's praise him for the glory that is inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, celebrate content. Come on, somebody, celebrate content now. Worship him. The Lord is in his holy temple. Celebrate content. Worship him, worship him. Give him praise. Raise a shout. Give him a clap offering. Dance. Just worship him. Just worship him. Pangutse, Toriende, Mangitsa. Hallelujah. Celebrate content. Hallelujah. Celebrate content. Sunususetlusokuba, Mitonish, Tetie, Pratotzi, Kambatse. Painininditse, Poa, Natapar, Prota, Kalapoa, Thai. Hi, hi, hi. Hallelujah. Poor glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, if you are in this If you are participating in this meeting tonight and you have not surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not sure that Jesus has come into your heart as Lord and Savior. Just indicate by putting up your hands. I'll be praying for you right now. Jesus will come in. You will not be the same. That sense of emptiness will be gone and the fullness of the Almighty will come into your spirit in the name of Jesus. Just indicate you can, you can uh, use the hand raise feature. I'm going to see that and I'm going to pray for you. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for anyone welcoming you into their hearts today. Yes, just pray. Say, Lord Jesus, you're welcome. I open my heart. Now, some of you receive the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord Jesus, fill me now. Holy Spirit, fill me to overflowing. In the name of Jesus, Yes, healing virtue is flowing into your body. Receive that. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, the power of God is at work in your body. bringing healing. Every so-called incurable sicknesses. Get out of your bodies in the name of Jesus. Aintenen trokatsuprantai. O kunamindo matoa rikaprotsi mande Oh, thank you, gracious Father. Thank you, gracious Father. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and keep you. The eternal Jehovah lift up the light of his countenance upon you, give you his peace. May the fire of the Almighty burn in your bones, never to be quenched. In the name of Jesus, and may the river flow through you to the nations, to your family, to many. Oh, oh, Paniyat, let the river of the Spirit, the power, the power will flow with ease out of your vessel to impact and to bless many. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I bless your families. I bless your children. I bless your health. I bless your husbands. I bless all that you lay your hand to do. I bless your jobs. I bless your careers. And I bless your ministry. Be the mother of many spiritual children. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, those of you trusting God for children. Receive children. Receive babies. In the name of Jesus. You cannot be barren. You will not cast your young. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Father. In Jesus' almighty name we have prayed and all of God's people said amen like and amen and amen again, and amen and amen. Lord of the land and Lord of the sea